So it's getting that time of year. It's getting cool outside. You know, I woke up this morning and tons of leaves were on the ground. They're changing colors. I turned on my fireplace to kind of warm up the living room. It's almost getting a little scary because it's Halloween. And I don't know what you've got planned for Halloween. But be careful because maybe you'll have some guests come over that you don't want coming over. In fact, when we talk about scary things, have you ever been in a house doing an inspection and you felt like you weren't all alone? You kind of get that eerie feeling. I have. I know I've been in an older home. And it was vacant. I'm walking through and the stairs are creaking as I walk around. And I get a little bit of an eerie feeling. In fact, there was a house that I would not look in the mirror above the mantle in the living room. This old, old house with a scary mantle and a big mirror. And I thought, I'm going to look in that mirror and see something other than me looking back at me. It was scary. So I just didn't do it. Hey, we're going to talk about scary things. We're going to talk about haunted houses. We're going to talk about ghosts. Is there such a thing as a ghost? I don't know. Come on back and let's talk about it. Hi, this is Brian Reynolds. You're listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast, brought to you as always by the great folks over at Appraiser eLearning. You need some education? Check us out at appraiserelearning.com. You'll be glad you did. I'd like to thank our sponsor, LIA Administrators and Insurance, for their continued support of the Appraisal Update Podcast. And without any delay, I'm going to bring in a Kind of a scary guy. He's not scary. Some people are intimidated by him sometimes. I don't know why. He's just a big teddy bear. (laughs) But the host of the Appraisal Buzz podcast, my partner, my good friend, Mr. Hal Humphreys. Hal, welcome to the program. Thank you, Brian. I'm tickled to be here. Well, speaking of Hal and Halloween, it's somebody's birthday today. Hal, whose birthday is it? Uh, well, there's a reason they call it Halloween. <laughs> it is my birthday. We used to celebrate Hal-O-Birthween Day every year, and we still do. Um, I'll be turning 55 this evening. And, woo, uh, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big number. Uh, I, was, I was visiting with my dad over the weekend, um, and, and Brian, you and I have talked about this. My father is, is in, in fairly advanced stages of Alzheimer's. But uh, I, I told dad and mom, I said, hey, you know, I turned 55 on Tuesday. <laughs> dad said, he looked up, he goes, it's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's great when you, you know, and it's a challenging time. And, and, uh, and we think about you and, and, uh, and pray, pray about you and your family often, Hal, because it is a trying time. And it's, it's tough when your parents get a little older like that. Uh, but man, those one-liners, <laughs> those are those are something to cherish, right? Even at this stage. Yeah. So, well, let's dive into it. Uh, before I, I talk about you know ghosts and spirits and things of that nature, sometimes it might just be the perception that something scary is happening, right? So, 
there's there's some houses I want to talk to you about and get your opinion. Let the listener or maybe the viewer uh, in on this. And the first one is a big three-story in Victoria home in New York. And there was actually some legal uh, ruling set as a consequence of that house. And so give my audience a little background. You know, the occupants made it very, very public that, hey, we we have guests here <laughs> and they're not living, right? So talk a little bit about this one. Yeah, so this, this house was marketed as, you know, haunted on the Hudson. Um, and the, the lady that owned the house had written a, a story for Reader's Digest about how the house was haunted. And there was a lot of press about that kind of stuff. Um, and then when they decided to sell their house, they did not disclose that it was a haunted house. And as the person that bought it was getting some, some contractors over to look at it, one of the contractors said, oh, you bought the haunted house. And, 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 <laughs> he said, I did what? Wait, what? <laughs> the new homeowner's like, I did what? It's just like, anyway, um, the buyer wanted to get out of the contract because they felt like they had been misled. Um, so it goes to court. They go to court and they have an argument about this in front of a judge. And, you know, the first round of um, legal opinions cited caveat emptor. Right. Woo, what's that fancy word mean? Buyer beware. Buyer you beware. You should be aware. Um, beware. <laughs> the haunted house. Um so, you know, then they, they it ended up going all the way up to the state Supreme Court in New York. Um, and the, the things that struck me about this, number one, um, in colloquial terms, everybody calls this the Ghostbuster ruling, mm-hmm. which I find absolutely hilarious. Um, but the, the thing is, in the legal opinion, one of the justices wrote that this house is haunted as a matter of law. That's incredible. I'm I'm going to read just a little snippet here. It said, the sale became the subject of a New York Supreme Court case that set a bizarre precedent. The opinion, this is a Supreme Court opinion, the opinion stated, as a matter of law, the house is haunted. Wow, that's crazy. Is that legally permissible? <laughs> Good question. Good question. Exception, it, it, it puts a whole new spin on highest and best use. Yeah, a <laughs> couple interesting things out of this case that I, I thought were really kind of fun was they had an economic damages expert come on to talk about the impact on value of, of you know, I mean, some people think having haunted house is a negative. I was born on Halloween. I think it's a positive. But, you know, the the expert said in real estate, we talk all the time about location, location, location. Uh And he said, I think maybe a better way to say it is perception, perception, perception. And at the end of the day, the locational issue is wrapped up in perception. It's, you know, people's perceptions of a location. But in this specific case, the perception is the house is haunted. And, right. you know, as a matter of law, the house is haunted. Um, and they ended up getting some of their money back, I think roughly half their money back, and being able to get out of the contract. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's, there's case law on haunted houses. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, they're, they're, you know, they interviewed the buyer or the, the, the buyer that backed out, right? 
And his position is, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't, I don't think it's haunted. But the problem is, this has been a matter of public publicity, right? And, and, and I'm concerned that the perception of the public with it being haunted would, could negatively impact the value of this property. And I've got little kids. I don't want them going to school. And everybody said, oh, she lives in the haunted house, right? So, so for him, even though he wasn't a believer in ghosts, he, he wanted to back out of this deal as a consequence of what others believe. So I guess in a roundabout way, he does believe in ghosts. I, I don't know. But it's a very interesting case. If any of my viewers or listeners want to research it a little bit more, just uh, just maybe Google haunted house on the Hudson River, and you'll probably find all kinds of good stuff about it. It's incredible. If, if you Google, you know, Ghostbusters ruling real estate <laughs> value or something like that, you'll find it. Um, it's it's a fun case to read about. And here's the thing, but you know, Brian, you have a class in which you talk about limited market properties, right? And, right. And how to handle those as a real estate appraiser? Would this fall under that that? You know, it, it, it really would, because in that class, we dive into properties that have a limited market, right? They, for whatever reason, whether it be a murder-suicide occurred and there's a stigma. Is, is there a stigma? I don't know. We need to look at the market and see. But it, 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 it narrows the, the pool of potential buyers for that property, and that's why I named it limited market, uh, uh, appra appraising limited market property. So, yeah, it's, it's how do you solve some of these problems, valuation problems, when, when your market has really become more narrow, uh, that, that, that your market participants are few, right? And, and that's exactly what we dive into. Well, uh, in, a, in, a, in a limited market property, that, that limited market doesn't mean that it impacts the value negatively necessarily. There may be a limited group of people that would pay extra money to have a house like that. And I'm thinking of one of the other houses on your list. Um, yeah. You would, before we get to that, before we get to that, you know, what's interesting is after this was all settled, uh, there was there was some there was some interest in in the house because it was like. I might want a house that's haunted, right? I might be able to sell tickets or something, you know, or turn it into a bed and breakfast and capitalize on that. So to Hal's point, just because there's a claim that there's a ghost in this property doesn't necessarily mean it's going to have a negative impact. Hey, Hal, don't move. Sit right where you're at. I'm coming right back to you so we can learn more about this scary stuff we're talking about. But I need to do a little shout out to my sponsor. And listen, if you're scared, if you're a practicing appraiser and you, you're scared that you may have some exposure, you might be scared that you don't have enough insurance coverage. You're scared of a regulatory complaint, a civil lawsuit, or maybe even a criminal case. You need to reach out to my good friends over at LIA Administrators Insurance. Listen, for over 45 years, they've been offering E&O insurance to valuation professionals just like you. They have superior customer service, exceptional liability, education, and unparalleled claim defense. Uh, they offer commercial bond insurance, general liability, and if you don't have that, you probably ought to get it. Cyber liability, all kinds of good stuff. Visit liability.com to learn more about how LIA can help protect you and your business. And don't be so scared. All right, back to my buddy Hal. So we got a couple other houses we want to talk about. What's number two on the list? 
Well, number two on the list is um, a house in Los Angeles. Um, it's a Spanish revival style house with like a beautiful view of a reservoir. Um, the only problem with this house is um, back in 1969, Charles Manson and the Manson family uh, broke into two houses quite famously in Los Angeles. One was Sharon Tate's house, and the other was the LaBianca Le- family house. Uh, the house in question is the LaBianca family house. And in selling that home, there were some really interesting things they had to do, one of which was they could not hold an open house because they realized people were coming through taking selfies at the LaBianca house. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Kind of bizarre. Wow. Um, but the property is obviously impacted <clears throat> by you know, one of the most famous murders in U.S. history having happened there. There are a couple things they talk about in this case, um, and it comes out of a story from L.A. Times, I think, or maybe um, a podcast where they're talking about how to sell, how to market um, a haunted house. And in this case, one of the things it did is, and Brian, you're going to love this, they hired a house clearer to come in and commune with the house and get rid of the bad spirits. Um, they paid the home clearer $300 to come over and do this ritual to <clears throat> commune with the home, and clear out the bad spirits. My question is, people are beating us up as real estate appraisers <laughs> on our feet. <laughs> And they're paying the home here to come get ghosts out for three hundred dollars. What? <laughs> Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You know, I need another business like I need a hole in my head. But you got me thinking now. <laughs> what? What's the? What's the? What's the? When you say cleaner, that's that's not what I think of a home cleaner, right? So, so I think some people call them cleansers. Right, but, but but what's the criteria for that? What's there? Is there an association of uh, energy cleansers or energy cleaners or what? Um, there may be the um, cleanser institute that provides the you know education for home cleansers. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, who knows what the qualifications are? Um, but you can get your home cleansed. Look at, uh, this, look at this. I, I just I Googled it. House clean, uh, cleansing, a checklist for cleaning bad energy from your home. <laughs> it really exists. Oh, my God. So, yeah, you can hire a home cleanser. And here's the thing. Like, they, there are energy cleansers that will come through and smudge the house with a sage bundle or something like that. Um, but people are willing to pay for this. So, yeah, maybe you add that on to your list of things that you provide as, as, as you know, as your business grows there. there you just mentioned sage. There it is right there. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, the, at the end of the day... We as real estate appraisers have to deal with, you know, weird things in the market. And a haunted house is, quite honestly, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, our house is 120-something years old. Um, there's every chance in the world that somebody has at some point died in this house, has been around long enough. Um, I've never had any experiences with a ghost in the house. Uh, but there are there are homes around Nashville that are that are noted for being haunted houses, and 
might that have an impact on value? I think it very well might. I mean, we've got that New York case um, where they acted, the buyer was able to get out of the contract because the house had been marketed as haunted and was found as a matter of law to be haunted. Um, and then, you know, a case like the Tate LaBianca house or the, the LaBianca house out in Los Angeles, you know, high profile murder happens there. <clears throat> that could be a real problem for some people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's what's interesting. So, so different states have different requirements, right? When it comes to disclosure, for instance, California requires sellers to disclose any death for a three year, uh, any, any, anyone that died in the property within the last three years, New York ruling required sellers to disclose a haunted reputation if they had publicized it somehow like a ghost tour, right? Come through and have a ghost tour of my house. Uh, other states, there are no requirements. So obviously you need to know your, your state obligations. So you were talking about, you know, you live in an older house. So, uh, we've moved into one of our current remodel jobs right now. And I just put two and two together the other day, how I, I didn't, I didn't even think about it, but we bought this from an estate. We knew the lady, we, you know, went through it. And I said, I'll buy it. Her mother died in the house. Okay. In bed, in her bedroom. And guess what bedroom I sleep in every night. <laughs> So I'm in the bedroom and the bed's in the, not the same bed, but the bed is in the same location of her bed. And that's where I sleep every night. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't get freaked out, but I'll tell you, there were, there were a couple of times where I, I hung a mirror in the, in the hallway and now I shut my door at night. I don't know. I don't know what it, so we stayed at the, at the one over on 18th street and I, I got freaked out because I kept thinking I'm going to see an image in the mirror in the bedroom. And I haven't had that on Jefferson where I'm at now, but the other, other day I shut the bedroom door. And so now when I go to sleep at night, I shut the bedroom door and my dog, you know, they say dogs and animals can sense stuff. My dog freaked out the other day, a couple of times, but the other day came in the kitchen, very small house and turned around and just stared at the hallway like she saw something. And of course, nothing was, at least nothing I knew of was there. So maybe not the house you're in, Hal, but have you ever had any kind of experience that seemed a little creepy or a little weird or you can't explain? Not really. I mean, you know, the, the standard weird things happen on inspections. You'll hear something thump. Um, what, what gets me most is if I'm out in a rural area in a house, that's like there's no neighbors nearby and it's vacant um, and I'm walking through and, you know, I hear some strange noise or something like that. But I, I generally speaking, just I, like I don't I'm like the guy in the court case in New York. I don't believe in ghosts, but I believe that other people believe in ghosts. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make up the market and, you know, yeah, it's not going to bother me. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I, you know, I don't know where I sit. I don't know. I don't know. I believe in the possibility. How's that? Uh, and I'll just tell you this, and I've got several things that have happened to me that's been strange. My brother's got tons of things that's happened to him. But uh, back way long ago, before I was married, um, we, were, we were on the couch in her, at her mom's house, and the TV started changing channels. Well... <laughs> It was not a remote-controlled TV. <laughs> it's the old TV. You have to get up and go change, right? So how did that happen? And the same night, 
I heard somebody shooting pool down in the basement. Now, now you know what it sounds like when somebody's playing a game. How you and I have played pool, right? You you break them, and then you'll hear somebody hit a ball. It might hit another ball. I mean, it just sounds like somebody's shooting pool down there. And I said, oh, I didn't know your brothers were home. She's like, I didn't think anybody was home. I said, well, I'm going to jump down and say hi to them. I went down there, and there was no, <laughs> there was nobody down there. Uh, so explain that to me. How did that happen? How settling? What? What happened? I don't know. But a lot of weird things had happened with that house, like dogs getting getting locked into a bedroom. And I understand maybe they walk in, the door shut, but how did it lock from the inside? You know, just weird right. stuff like that. So, Mr. Non-Believer, how do you explain stuff like that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, all right, so I would say the the TV changing channels was probably some kind of, of a wiring issue inside the television. I would say the pool sounds from downstairs may have been, I don't know, some settling and a bottle fell down or something like that. Who knows? Um, maybe somebody had the door locked and opened. The dog goes in and accidentally shuts the door and it locks, you know, on itself. There's there's always an explanation for these things. Um Look, I'm going to get all kinds of mail <laughs> the next three days about how I don't believe in ghosts and, and exorcisms. Look, I'm a Halloween baby. I love the idea of haunted houses. I love the idea of Fright Night. Like, it's 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 good fun as far as I'm concerned. I've not had personal experiences with stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I think the best one I've heard was my, my, my grandmother and her mother-in-law. So many lived with uh my grandparents her her whole you know adult life when they got married and back in the day they're in a little house in calhoun kentucky and it's a shotgun house and hopefully my listeners and viewers know what a shotgun house is right shotgun house in case you don't know is it's just a, a small long home very very narrow but long and the theory is you could open the front door open the back door shoot a shotgun and not hit anything right <laughs> just fly right out but uh, Minnie was in one room, Mamu, we called her Mamu. One of the grandkids tried to say Mamaw, and it came out Mamu, so it stuck. Mamu's in one room, Minnie's in another room, right? They hear the front door open, and they could see each other. Hal, just like you and I could see each other. So imagine Hal's in one room, I'm in a room, and, you know, Minnie's probably knitting, Mamu, who knows, and they look at each other because they're going to see my papa walk in, right? And they look at each other, and they hear the steps walk right by <laughs> and open the bathroom door and shut it, but never saw anybody. And later, they went in and opened the bathroom door, and nobody was there. So, how about that one? Anyway, I'll let you off the hook, because there is no explanation for that one. Hal, if somebody wants to reach out to you and send you some hate mail <laughs> because you're a non-believer in ghosts, how do they get a hold of Mr. Hal? You can reach me at Hal at storyboardemp.com, and we'll put that email address uh, in the comments section below. Um, you know, look, Brian, here's the thing. Any number of things can affect a home, can affect a place where people live. It could be a ghost story. It can be a murder happened years ago. Do you remember the show Breaking Bad? Yeah, yeah. So there was a scene where where they would use a pizza and they would throw a pizza on top of the house as a signal for some drug dealing thing. I don't know what the exact thing was. I didn't watch a series, but that house in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where they did the filming, some fans identified it and people would travel to Albuquerque, New Mexico and throw a pizza up on the roof. Now, 
for a new homeowner, for a period of time, that might be a real issue. <laughs> it's on top of your house. So, you know, again, I think at the end of the day, the, the thing that really hit me the most in kind of prepping for this was, you know, we have always heard location, location, location. But I think the guy that said perception, 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 I think that's it. That's a 100%. really good way to explain this because we as real estate appraisers analyze market behaviors and market participants are not always, um, they're not always basing their decisions on rational, you know, scientific methods. They're basing their decisions on hopes and fears. And in this case, fear of a ghost. And that's a very real market reaction. So um, again, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, if you're listening to Brian's podcast and you're curious about how to handle situations like this, check out his class on limited market properties. It is a fantastic class and that's what I would do. Thanks. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. It's one of my favorite classes actually. So yeah, I'd love to love to see you guys uh, hop in that class. Uh, it's only four hours and uh, packed with a lot of information. So, so love it. You know, you talked about perception and I, I know I got to let you go here in a second. You're a busy guy, but, um, and this certainly wasn't a typical market participant, but I, I use this a lot to, to, to echo your point. So why, why did Mr. George Cox, he was one of my mentors, right? Why did he buy a house? Was it because the house was in a particular school district? No. Do some people buy houses because it's in a particular school district? Of course they do. Was it because the house was in a certain location or subdivision? No, he didn't buy a house because it was in a, one reason. One reason as to whether or not he would proceed and buy the house. And that's if Miss Alice's dining room furniture would fit in the dining room (laughs) if her dining room furniture wouldn't fit they didn't buy the house there was no you know no second decision there and and she wasn't going to change dining room furniture right it had to fit the dining room otherwise they wouldn't buy the house now clearly they weren't the typical market participant but if we had you know a typical market participant not buying a house because of a certain feature or the lack of a certain feature, you better believe that's something we should measure. And that's why I think appraisers will always be relevant because a machine can't do that. A machine cannot do that. Only humans can analyze truly the actions of other market participants or humans. So, Hal, what's coming up on the Buzzcast? Oh my goodness, I have no idea. We have recorded (laughs) several in the past couple of weeks, so I'm not sure what's going to drop this week. Um, I I do have probably four or five lined up this week to to do that we'll be um, posting over the next several weeks. But to be honest with you, I don't know. Great, great, great. If uh, how you can get the answer to that question, jump over to the Buzzcast and start listening or watching. Uh, Hal does a great job over there. Hal, thank you very so much uh, for spending some time with us talking about this scary topic. And again, happy, happy, happy Halloween, I mean birthday to you. Thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here as always. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast. Until next time, stay safe. Go trick-or-treating or pass out some candy. That's what I'm going to do. Happy, happy, happy Halloween. And until next time, happy appraising.